everybody, grab a D20, throw it on your desk, and let oh, me know what number is facing I forgot. We should have talked a little bit about the Doc Ock coming to life. Doc what? Ock's coming to life? They were successful in creating a fusion reaction that got more oh, power yeah. out of it. It's a yeah, I'm I'm very pumped for it. I love the fact that they were like, and we're hiring now. So just FYI, I kind of want to put in a resume. <laughs> Do it. Why sure. not? You could be the power of the sun in the palm the of your palm. hand. In the palm of Ryan. Is it the National Ignition Laboratory? I want to say that's somewhere you don't want to be, though. I don't know, man. It's like, isn't it in Washington? I have a fun ignition building desk. What's wrong with Washington? I got a 15. I got a I also got a 15. Nat one. What? Nat one. Okay. Oh, it's, it's in, in Livermore, Livermore, California. California. <laughs> that sounds even worse than Washington. Ryan are okay. not even in the podcast right now. I love this. <laughs> <laughs> I rolled a 15 and he rolled a one, so I, I don't I need to do 17. anything. I'm fine. Yeah. All right. Fucking chatter. Here we go again, bud. Chatter it's you every day. Again. Can we? I've tried to help him, and every time I try to help him, the dice reinforce the decision of making chatter do the recaps. Yeah. This We lost Josh. We can't lose Josh's spirit. Honestly, it's your fault for doing them so well, I feel like. Because usually it's like last time on D&D. <clears throat> Previously on Dice Populi, we were all caught in a superposition, and we ended up in like different timelines you know we were all trying to figure out what the hell's going on jetta and mave they were talking with that nun lady called he was talking to some dude with tea yeah and took the tea stealing tea and then like did stuff i don't think he did anything of importance <laughs> <laughs> well that is called in cult character i suppose so. and then Locke, realizing some time bullshit's going on he like went to like where they fought the dude who was doing time bullshit let me tell you how both of these things resolved uh just to put a point on it because i have some of the notes in front of me jetta was confronting yanis telling yanis that she was about to die which startled the fuck out of her, but Yanis's brain seemed to reset after leaving the room, so shattered her mind and was like, oh my god, what the fuck? Before Cult, uh, who got bored of the tea and ha ended up in this timeline too, joined them at the temple. They discovered a fountain in the back that had no liquid, no nothing, just a dry fountain to Lema sitting in the back of the temple. So Jetta uh, went outside and, and pumped the crystal with a cantrip and uh, ended up not in the rain, like Colt and Maeve are, but in the middle of the night, standing out in the square, confuses all hell. Locke, at his perpetual sunset, made his way to the Strauss Fountain to find that it was dry, and in ultimate aloneness, uh, took on the frightened condition, cast a spell in panic into the crystal once again, and shifted into another timeline where the fountain he's looking at is now completely covered in pink crystals. That's the recap. Also, like, Jetta, when she, like, realizes that the timeline reset itself somehow, she's like, oh, I get how this crystal works. Uses it. Turns out that's not how the crystal works. Jetta's yeah. now in, like, a dark nighttime timeline, and uh, uh, she's a little scared. Yep, you are you are standing alone at midnight in the middle of the village. Uh, but that's not where we're going to pick up right away. Mr. Locke. You have maybe reached, after months and months of sailing with these people, you have been so utterly separated from them and from any hope of getting out of here that you have completely sunk into a sense of despair that I, I don't know if you felt since your separation from your family. 
But whatever that is, it has landed you in an unknown timeline, dimension, reality, where the fountain in front of you is not dry, it is not flowing with silver liquid, it is full of pink crystals, much like the one in your hand, glowing dimly as the entire room is bathed in its rosy color. What do you do? Uh, I'm gonna go touch all of the crystals. <laughs> I wanna see if they're like free flowing crystals or if they're all one solid hunk of crystal mass. You are uh, reaching the edge of Colin's understanding of crystal formation. Uh, it's all <laughs> solid. Reach your hand out in awe, gingerly touching the edge so as to not get like subsumed by it. Last time you were in here, the silver goop kind of like made people forget what was going on and, and you just don't want to mess with that. You touch it very quickly and like a hot stove, pull your hand away, but it's not hot. It is buzzing, not audibly, but in the way that the other crystals buzz in reaction to energy, you feel that they are full of power in a way that is familiar. As you slide your hand across it more evenly, it is very smooth. But aside from the fact that it is what it is, there's nothing new or remarkable you gain from this touch. But it is pleasant and grounding in a way that nothing else has been since you arrived back on Arianor. Has anything else in the room changed or is it just the crystals? You look around the room and you see scars of the combat that you sustained here when fighting Strauss. Some oddly perfectly spherical indentations in the wall that uh, you assume are the results of the, the bubbles of time popping in and out of reality. But other than that, the only additions to the room seem to be strewn bits of materials, knapsacks, blocks fashioned as seating, stones that maybe held fireplaces and ashes blown about by the wind in the cave. People have definitely posted up here in the interim uh, and their stuff is strewn about randomly, but that's about the only change that you can tell. I think I will cast a spell into the big hunk of crystal. What spell are you going to cast? I don't think Shocking Grasp can be cast against this. We've definitely covered that. It can't. <laughs> I guess I'll Eldritch Blast it. Eldritch, that's a cantrip, correct? Yep. You take a deep breath after glancing over the surroundings and deciding to refocus on the crystal. You summon your courage, you stand your ground, you point out your hand, you cast Eldritch Blast in the bursts of energy, carry forward and hit the crystal. It begins to glow and thrum the way that you're used to. But given the size of the crystal, the amount of energy that you've placed into it, it causes it to glow, but that glow doesn't fully reach the edges and maybe was not enough power to have a reaction like you intended. I would like to remind you that I shoot three beams at my current level. That's okay. It's still not enough power? Nope. God damn it. I got, hey man, there's mechanics all over the place. Your regular grease monkey, you gotta figure them out. That's only against a creature. Is the uh, is it is it a creature? It is not. Okay. It is smooth. I suppose I could try a nice little magic missile. At uh, what level is that? That I can cast it at second. I imagine you would probably look at the result of Elder's Blast and be like, "What the fuck? I shot three beams. Why did we need more power?" And you step back and you prepare to cast a more powerful spell. Magic Missile shoots four. So you 
fire a magic missile attack of four beams at this thing because you cast the magic missile and as all four individual points make contact against the side of the crystal, it begins to glow in each point and you can see the energy get pulled inward, almost through like a sense of crystalline veins that are then thrust back outward. What started as a glow in the center of the crystal becomes the entire thing. It goes from pink to bright pink to a blinding white and a painful whine fills the room as the entire thing vibrates at a frequency that- Is it the brown note? It's, you shit your pants immediately. <laughs> Roll constitution. So the painful whine fills the room. That was a 24. And- <laughs> I you, don't shit myself. You, as, as the sound becomes increasingly painful, you have never clenched your butthole so tight as you have in this moment, and you were able to withstand it. But what you can't withstand is those veins within the crystals poking outward and beginning to envelop the entire room as reality appears to collapse around you. And you are sucked into whatever reality this crystal is linked to. And when you go through the crystal portals, I've always described it as there's a feeling of pressure, a, a sensation of reality stretching or zooming, but this feels a lot easier to grasp and a lot less overwhelming. You can very clearly see yourself being pulled through a tunnel of reality as the cavern around you bends into a long, long tunnel. You're moving through it whether you want to or not, and it recedes behind you as you are seemingly thrust through an open space where you can see not just the sunset that you were looking at, but also an entire scene of the village covered in rain. And when you turn around, one at midnight, as you see these three realities swirling around you, they all disappear after a brief moment. And you find yourself standing in the town where you started, not at night, not in the rain, not at sunset, but where reality seemed to make you ill with the dead body lying on the ground in front of you. Now, before I go any further on that, Jetta, you have just stepped outside of the temple. You've looked around, you see that it's midnight and you are deeply confused. You cast stuff into this crystal a million times and it kept throwing you back in the rain. You're like, what the heck? The horse stable guy off in the distance who seems to like yelling at people, no matter what the time of day, has been staring you down. But before you can even respond, you experience exactly what I just described a lot. As this town morphs and you are overcome by a wave of bright, loud, painful energy that thrusts you in between the vistas of three realities and back into the center of the sickly town next to Locke. The body remains on the ground in front of you. And Jetta, when you were here before, you saw Sister Yanis. Locke, correct me if I'm wrong, you saw Commander Fenwick. Correct. Uh, Jetta, you still see Sister Yanis, but Locke Fenwick is no longer on the ground. Instead, you see what Maeve described, which is sort of an, a blurry, indistinguishable person that your brain is not willing to recognize. But in the air above you floats Fenwick in a pink crystal floating above the air, suspended above the dead body in this uh, time-shattered town. The two of you are reunited, and it's very unexpected. What do you do? 
Hey, man. You know what's going on? <laughs> nope. Who's who's this dead? I'm I'm still seeing Sister Yanis on the ground. I I don't know that guy up there, pointing to the crystal suspended in the air. That's Fenwick. That's Fenwick. Who was Fenwick again? He's the the guy from the 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 Mage Lords. He's the commander. Ah, and what is he doing with the crystals? That's what I'd like to know. What what do you see with the dead body? I I, I don't know. The, is Fenwick, like, just floating there looking at us? Is he... The crystal is not very high up, but just, like, if someone stuck it in the ground and then lifted it, like, three feet up, it's it's very obvious. But that crystal, even though it looks very much like the ones in your pockets or in the fountain you just saw, he is completely encased. Completely, oh, completely. Yeah, he is okay. inside the crystal, suspended. Uh, I'm gonna... Should we try to break the crystal? That's what I'm doing, and I uh, take out. <laughs> Hold on, let me see. What could I break a crystal with here? Uh, I, I could just be swinging my halberd. I've got a hammer. Uh, Let's, you want to coordinate this, this attack here? Yeah, I mean, we don't have to, like, go full smash. We could, like, you know, I, I take this pin, I take this hammer, then delicately do it till the crystal, like, Okay, but it's like Breaks. We it, don't. it's in the air. It's only three feet in the air. Jeddah is a half orc, so Jeddah's also pretty big. Yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess you, you could do that, sure. Yeah. Uh, and then I put my halberd away all solemnly. <laughs> it, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a good backup plan. Hold on, that's what I'm gonna do. Take my pen, take my hammer, give it the tappy tap till like the Chris, you know, cracks open. Hopefully. Okay. Um. So these tools are meant to chisel away at rock, at crystal, maybe even at certain metals, depending on their uh, malleability and condition. But you place the the chisel against the end of the crystal, and it is so ridiculously smooth that there's like, it doesn't hook, it doesn't grab, it just sort of like slips right off. Like you almost have to go perpendicular, like right angle to this thing to get the tip to stay still. The amount of effort that you put into this, I think the best way for me to measure that is with an attack roll. Sounds reasonable to me. 13. Locke sadly holsters his halberd and watches you fiddle trying to get the tip of this thing aligned as it just slips and slides, making these like little window squeaky sounds, trying to get it lined up. But when you <laughs> finally find the perfect angle and you strike it, that damage doesn't go into the crystal. The crystal vibrates. You can tell, like, it's reacting. It is absorbing shock and force, but you feel it in your right hand with the... Oh, wait, sorry, I should ask. Are you right or left-handed? Do you care? I never really thought about it. I guess Jetta will be left-handed, because why not? You're holding the chisel in your right hand. You smack it with the hammer in your left, and your left hand feels the, feels the pain a lot more than the right. There was just so much resistance. Um, the amount of force and damage you put in was... Only enough for this thing to kick back at you. Uh, not physically. I'm saying that, like, metaphorically. Like, it is just right. so solid. I'd be very concerned if a crystal kicked me, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, Fenwick's foot comes out the side of the crystal. I gotta rein in my descriptions. Block just kind of watches you shake out your hand. You don't take any damage, but... Yeah, that that got hurt. Do, do you need some help? Uh, pl plan B, plan B. Let's, let's <laughs> swing at that fucking thing. All right, pull, pull out your halberd. I've got, uh... I've, I've got this sword. We can just start swinging at this fucker. What if we, like, coordinated our attack instead of just swinging wildly? We just both swing super duper hard at the same time. Okay. 
you know, that's, that sounds like a plan. All right. On the count of three. One. Two. two three. three. <laughs> roll your damage for whatever you're attacking with. Sword and halberd. Do we have to roll the hit first or just go? No. Inanimate object. Okay. You hit. But what if we crit? There's no crits on a rock. There should be. Okay. I do 16 damage. Oh, wow. Uh, I do 12 damage. All right. So for a total of 28 damage, the two of you manage to synchronize your attacks perfectly, strike the crystal within mere inches of each other to create a combined attack against it. Unlike the chisel, you don't feel this so much in your hand because a little bit of the crystal does give way. A small crack forms in the edge of it. It is a material, after all. Its nature is mysterious, but you manage to create a small chip. But this time, the term kickback is going to apply a little bit because the energy that comes out of it goes straight through your weapons and into your hands. I would like each of you to make a con save for me. Oh, no. That is a 21. That is 15. All right, you are each going to take 14 damage. Are you fucking me in the ass? 14, damn. (laughs) I got a 21. Yeah, you did, and you took half of the damage that you would have taken otherwise. You both succeeded. Jesus freaking bananas. Okay, okay, that 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 sucked. Oh fuck. I'm running out of ideas here. Wait, I take out the crystal I have in my pocket. Uh, how similar are these two crystals? Remarkably. Yours seems like a baby compared to the big one. But yours doesn't have a tiny mage lord in it. I'm going to put some magic into that crystal. I guess into the like biggin? into the biggin, yeah. Okay. Locke, you see Jetta sheathing her sword and eyeing the crystals. I don't think you need to roll an insight roll to figure out what Jetta's thinking mm-hmm. as she warms up her left hand and brings it closer to the Fenwick crystal. Do you say or do anything as she approaches? I'm going to start slowly backing up just in case. (laughs) I'm not like full on sprinting, but I am walking backwards. Okay. Uh, What spell are you going to try to cast into this thing? Uh, I'm going to cast Tasha's Hideous Laughter into this thing. Doesn't really matter. It's just, you know, I'm doing what I'm trying to do the crystal thing, but with this bigger crystal, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Sure thing. You cast uh, the spell into the crystal. Now, the most obvious difference between these crystals besides the size is this is the first time you've seen a crystal with a person in it. So it's maybe not terribly surprising when it doesn't react exactly the same way. When you cast Tasha's Hideous Laughter, it the energy passes out of your hand into the crystal before passing out of the crystal and back into your hand. Would you mind reading the effects of Tasha's Hideous Laughter? Oh no. Oh no. A creature of your choice that you can see within range perceives everything as hilariously funny and falls into fits of laughter if this spell affects it. The target must succeed on a wisdom saving throw or fall prone, become incapacitated and unable to stand up for the duration. I'd like you to roll a wisdom save against your own spell save DC. Son of a bitch. You're a rat bastard, Colin. You know that? (laughs) That is an 11. My save DC is 15. Locke, you are slowly backing away, and this is maybe one of the most uh, curious <laughs> scenes you've seen. <laughs> Jetta falls oh, to the ground in uncontrollable laughter. I'm gonna run over and just start like smacking Jetta in oh. the face, like, 
Snap out of it. Snap out of it. Oh. Come on. Okay. Thank you. Oh my god. That was not the only effect of the spell. You look up and you notice that in the air aside this, the, the spell obviously reacted because it didn't just diffuse the energy, it threw it right back at you. The crystal with Fenwick inside of it is showing those weird crystalline veins internally, but in the air next to it, you see almost the glowing silhouettes of two other crystals that do not exist. The veins seem to have spread out to paint a very specific picture, which is this may not be the only crystal like it, even though it's the only one here. And Jetta, even though Lock smacked you in the face, seeing those is also fucking hilarious. Each time it takes damage, the target can make another wisdom saving throw. <laughs> I mean, get I do I have to make another wisdom saving throw, or are we just gonna assume Lock smacked you in the face, so I'd like you to make another one. Yeah. Okay, eighteen. You manage to uh, get a grip on yourself as you two observe the uh, the outlines of the other uh, uh, of the other crystalline <gasps> shapes floating in the oh air. God. Oh god, that sucked! Oh my god! Uh, yeah, you okay? With all this new information, the the multiple vistas that you pass through, landing here, breaking the crystal and damage, getting damage back, having it reflect spells, and seeing the other shapes—that's a lot. Let's see what Maven and Cult have been getting up to. Uh, would you like some tea? Got a lot of it. You guys are standing in front of the empty fountain in the temple to Lema. Sister Yanis has just left the room and gone back into the study where she was looking at notes, trying to figure out how to talk to Lema and all that. But you're on your own in this little garden room and Cult offers you some tea. Maeve, what do you do? Um, yeah, uh, you know, I, I think some tea would be really good right now. We can kind of refocus for, uh, you know, try to figure out what what's going on here. Because um, I'm going to be honest, I have no idea what's going on here. I have some idea. I think we're in a super position. I believe our current timeline is not fixed. It is not yet decided. I think there are multiple realities happening simultaneously. I think something really hinky is going on. Maeve's eyes are kind of glazed over as you're saying that until you say something hinky is going on, because that's <laughs> something that she would probably understand a little bit better <laughs> as a child. I think, uh, oh yeah, um, I think that the now is not necessarily the set now. There's a couple of nows that are a possibility. Oh, that makes so much sense. Thank you. PBS kids. <laughs> I've got a couple of teas here from various uh, realities. I think they're both the same. Though. <laughs> uh, Colt, I, is this the first time that you've mentioned that you've been spending time in the other realities? Because Maeve has only been here in the rain. Like, yeah, I came I came from a very, like, I mean, well, very different, the exact same, but something different happened. I saw Musak dead. Um, sure. And... Okay, yep. and then um, <laughs> you guys were in different places. So, uh, Jenna said that she saw the priestess of Lema uh, dead. I just saw it was kind of hazy and stuff. I don't really know what I saw. Um, okay, I, I have an idea. It's, this is going to be a little, um, what did you say before? Hinky? That's the your, your big brain word? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yes, that was my giant brain word. Okay, I'm going to pull out a crystal. And I'm going to say, all right, uh, Colt, grab onto the crystal. Okay, I'll grab onto it. 
Um, just to be safe here, I'm going to burn a second level slot and cast Enlarge Reduce on the crystal. Because I remember that made the bigger radius before that encompassed everyone. That's correct. You pull out the crystal and cast Enlarge Reduce into it. But instead of throwing you through a tunnel like you have been before, sort of midway through your trans-dimensional journey, you seem to stop in a giant spherical void. This is the first time that you've gotten a clear look at it. If you really think back, this does seem like something you've passed through in your last couple trips through the uh, tri trips through the tunnel here, but this is the first time you've actually stopped and seen this. And looking around, the ground beneath you is dark, almost non-existent. You feel it, but you're standing almost in a void. And Cult, this is all true for you as well. The sphere around you, the limit of this void, is not too far away, maybe a 30-foot radius here, but it is cleanly divided into three. One third of the sky looks like the rainy village that you were just standing in. Another third of the sky looks like the midnight cult that you arrived in. And another third is a idyllic sunset being projected across the town. What do you do? Three, three existences, three potential possibilities of existence. Uh, what? <laughs> so are we just like in a bubble? Basically. I'm gonna kind of like try and like find the extents of this bubble and see if it has any form or anything like that. You are very comfortable walking around in here. Unlike the feeling of being hurled between timelines or between dimensions, you are feeling solid ground. You aren't feeling unease. This is like the polar opposite of the experience you had walking into Arianor, where everything seems so overlapped and fuzzy, it almost made you sick. This is just smooth, flat ground, stable footing, and you can walk about freely up to that 30-foot radius where the edge uh, becomes nearly tangible. Uh, and you can see those three realities. When I casted one of my lesser magics into the stone, I was hurled through reality. Perhaps that was just but enough arcane energy to break the veil, so to speak. But with your greater impulse of magical energies, perhaps that is enough to perhaps stabilize it and we can choose which reality we enter. Um. This is most interesting. Okay, so that means the others must be somewhere else, right? They would be in one of the three, it looks. Well, if this is the only three, there could be more. Who knows, maybe there's an infinite number of possibilities and we're just looking at three of them. Okay, cool. There um, could be an entire reality where everybody is a turtle. Oh, that, that sounds terrifying. Sounds great. Tortally awesome. Yeah. <laughs> 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 okay. I'm gonna like slap her on the shoulder. That that is that is excellent. I enjoy turtle humor. <laughs> I like turtles. I know you do. <laughs> so apparently, Jenna's Tasha's hideous oh, laughter has okay. made its way into this strange <laughs> void. Into Matt. So which which <laughs> what was the weather that it was raining in the one that um, I entered into? The timeline that you were just in traveled into the rainy timeline and met up with Mave at the temple. Okay. You see that version of the town square uh, behind you, but 
directly to its sides are the midnight that you saw and the sunset that you haven't, but I mean, hey, it's a sunset. It's pretty. Interesting. Well, we know, at least you, you said you saw Jeddah and she disappeared from the rainy timeline, correct? Uh, yep, that's what happened. So we know at least Jeddah is not there, so we have two choices. We could go from which the one that I came into, which I did not find anybody, and it was very late. We could go into this sunset one, which, I mean, it's kind of a toss of a coin at this point. <laughs> what, what do you think? Um... Which, uh, which worlds were you in before? I started out in the midnight, I believe, town, uh, version. I then, you know, did a little cantrip into the little stone, and then I uh, appeared in yours. The only one I have not been inside is the sunset. Let's, um, do, do you want to go look at the sunset? I would love that. Okay, um... Thank you for setting up the end to the podcast as Maeve and Colt walk into the sunset, <laughs> to the sunset. together and live happily ever after as weird dad and weird kid. Gross, dude. <laughs> He's a weird dad, you're a weird kid. Whatever. Talk about going from like bad to worse, having Colt as your father. Oh my God. You mm. Might as well not have any. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I'll just burn this house down too. Yeah, great. Um, okay. <laughs> so, do we just, do, do we just like, Jump off the edge here, or like... Oh, well. So you guys have approached the edge of the sphere, and you see the, the almost the wall wrapping up over you, almost like flat painted with this 2D image of, of what's going on. It doesn't look like there's an edge. It almost looks like a, like a wall. Perspective shifts as you move your head around, but like there's clearly like a membrane there. I'm gonna poke it with my finky. Your finger goes through with no effort. Or it doesn't. Ah, 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 I'm just joking. It doesn't hurt at all. <laughs> gotcha. Oh, I've been got. Ha <laughs> ha. All right. Um, all right, let's go. All right, one, two, three, and go. You step through, and the sphere disappears behind you, and you are now standing in the center of the town, right where you were before, except it's sunset. The village is bustling, people are making their way back home, nobody spills out of the temple, which is surprising given that you were just in there, and I mean, Cult, you knew that around this time every day, people were coming out of that thing in droves. Interesting. But everybody's going towards, you know, the vendors, the smithies, they're picking up and dropping off their orders before they head home, and the sweet smell of, of baking wafts down the streets as the ocean air meets it. It is it is as perfect a vista as you could imagine. But you're the only ones know that know anything is wrong. Uh, Maeve, do you have like a crayon or perhaps a piece of chalk? Um, no. Gosh, crap. I feel like we should leave a message, cast higher level spell or something. <laughs> uh, I have an explorer's pack. What is in, what is in a, an explorer's pack? I feel like there must be chalk or something. 84 episodes later, Keith opens the Explorer's Pack. I feel like... <laughs> I feel like you'd at least have charcoal. Yeah, we have something. Let's see here. Uh, tinderbox, rations, hemp and rope, mess kit. I'll take the fork out of my mess kit. No, I'll use, uh, like, uh, find some charcoal or something like that. Like, somewhere on the village square that is pretty central and noticeable, I will begin to write out cast a higher level spell into crystal you nimwits. Yeah, I, I'll, let's say that there's like, there's some some big stones outlining like a little grassy front yard in front of the temple, uh, decent ways away from the doors, uh, and you manage to scrape that in. Maeve, as Cole is doing this, many people are like looking at him in a weird way and slowing down, like murmuring, who is that guy? What is he doing? 
you obviously don't recognize any of these faces, but uh, you feel the heat that they are putting on you for defacing public property. Um, hey, Cole. I know, yes. like, rules aren't, like, a big thing for you, but um, they are for everyone else. And I'm going to oh. kind of, you know, jerk my head to the side, like, kind of point out, like, the people looking. Call. I'd like you to, uh, as you uh, whip your head up, uh, are you taking this seriously, this urging from Maeve to care about your surroundings? Mm, probably not. It's <laughs> a great question. Probably not. It's fine, Maeve. If you would like, uh, there's probably a piece of candy or something around the corner if you'd like to grab some as I finish writing. What? <laughs> That's my favorite line delivery so far. That was so stinging. That was so withering. Oh, I feel bad for Ryan and Call. What? <laughs> I mean, yes, babe, you have been completely rebuffed as everyone continues to stare at Call. Um, you also can see the Mage Lord Keep on the on the the top of the ta the hill over the town. And unlike in the in the quiet version of town that you were just in, the fires are lit up there. You know that there's law enforcement nearby. I would know that. You have been told multiple times that there is a mage lord's presence on the island, and the fires being lit and the ramparts being full, like there are mage lords actively looking over the town. Cool. We should really, you know, get to move on. Oh, I just finished. It's perfectly fine. What are all you staring at? What are you looking at? Get away from me. You're not real. You're all superpositions. I'll kill you all. I would like you to make a perception check, Call, as you look out over the crowd. Could I roll insight on the crowd as well? Please. Ooh, it's a natural 17. This is perception. That is a 22. Maeve, what are you uh, trying to glean from the crowd? Uh, it's just a vibe check. I got a 14. You can tell that the people around you are not actively hostile, but they are not comfortable with what's happening and not in a way of like oh it'll sort itself out but there is it, when cult starts to bark back at people it turns from confusion into genuine unease and you feel that you feel you feel this could escalate oh i'm, I'm sorry I, I i overstepped what i meant to say is you are all not real uh you are just superpositions you are as you continue to berate it's... the public crowd your eye catches a familiar face as Lori is far beyond the crowd, hustling to make it back home. That is the only familiar face that you see in this crowd as everyone else begins to stop and like give you distance as you get more and more energy behind your ravings. Oh, 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 Lori, Lori, come here. I, I need your help to explain how these people don't actually exist. What? Did somebody say my name? Y yes, I, I said, yo, it's me, your friend, called. Everybody standing and staring at you guys in this ring that is beginning to form whip their heads over to Lori who is embarrassingly like stopped dead in her tracks like what what oh my mr mr call is that you and she begins to like muscle her way through she did not pick up on what was going on at all but she's muscling through and the sense that someone here knows you seems to put people at ease and the crowd begins to disperse as she approaches you and she says, oh my goodness, and who is this little one? Perhaps a friend for Byron? Hello, it's so nice to meet you. Oh yes, this is Maeve. She was just going off to find some candy. Do you have any? I'm afraid I don't. I uh, I stopped by the bread cart on my way home, but no candy for me, unfortunately. Oh, bread is a candy of its own, I suppose. 
It's like it's like it's like a wheat candy. She's she's fumbling for the words. Like her eyes are saying, "I want to support you, but I don't know what the <laughs> fuck you're talking about." She's like, "Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. Why why don't you join me on my evening stroll? I'll be meeting Cordell at home in mere moments. It's 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 such a lovely night. I would I would hate to see you stuck out in the cold before when the sun goes down. Come come with me. Come with me. Oh, of course. Yes, I'll come. Do you have any tea? I I we have so much. We have an entire mason jar full of it. Good, good. I'd love to see that tea. Uh, have you seen any of my compatriots? No, not since you left the aisle. It's been uh, a rather calm and, and, and reconciliatory time. I can't say everything was solved overnight. The the native tribe and the uh, the mage lords had their scuffles, but I I think that the worst was avoided when you came and stopped the mage lords from overreaching with their power. And suffice it to say. At least in the town square, we seem to be fine. The natives and mage lords largely keep to themselves. You, you don't see a whole ton of them here in the square anymore. That's good. Uh, Yanis has, has stepped up uh, as a cultural leader in, in the time that we needed her the most. And it's... Uh, it was so difficult what we all went through together. Those poor natives. The mage lords were just doing their best. It, it all went so badly. Without you, I'd, I'd hate to see what would have happened instead. I often leave a lot of people thinking that. Um... <laughs> um, um, uh, uh, has there been any mysterious deaths recently? Disappearances, perhaps? Death? Heavens no, not since not since the, a deal was struck between Masak and Fenwick. I mean, you'd have to... So Musak lives, still. Don't, He's I fine. mean, as, as far as I know, I haven't been out to his camp. I don't much feel like the two-hour walk, do you? <laughs> uh, I guess not. Uh, so, I know that you have not seen my compatriots, but, you know, just in case, you know, you see them tomorrow or some other time or whatever, or I'm gone and they're not here, just tell them to, uh, cast a second level, a first level or a second level spell into the rock. You know, they'll know what it means. Ah, I'll At this, do- Maeve is going to tug at Colt's shoulder, or I guess at his robe, and just be like, uh, Colt, can I talk to you for a second? Oh, hi, Maeve. I thought you were getting candy. <laughs> You didn't, you didn't give me any money. Lori takes this opportunity to step away and says, I'm going to go pick up my bread order. You stay right here. I'll be right back. Oh, yes. Give that bread man a what for. Get a good deal. You two are, are out of earshot of Lori. Oh, so what is up, Maeve? Did you find any candy? No. Oh, my God. Stop. So He's an old man. He can't remember things so good. <laughs> 20 intelligence, by the way. <laughs> um, so um, there was a weird thing that happened that uh, you should totally know now. Um, okay. So when when Jenna and I were at the church, we were there, and then she tried to use the crystal thing. And then after she used it, it was like, uh, this was like after we had met the, the priestess, right? And then Jenna used the crystal, and then the priestess didn't remember anything. Like... Jaw beans. Yeah. So, like, I don't know if, like... <laughs> It matters, like, what we do. Like, nothing matters. Oh, I hate to break this to you, Maeve, but uh, nothing we ever do ever matters. <laughs> oh my goodness, Mr. Colt, is that you? What are you doing back here? See? I, who's your little friend here? Is this a new friend for Byron? Oh my, my name is Laurie. It's so lovely to meet you. What are, oh, Mr. Colt, what are you doing back here in Arianor? Where are your friends? Where's the greasy one and the big one? Well, that's a great point. We're actually looking for them. Now, Maeve, introduce yourself. <laughs> this is so painful. 
She's stuck in a time loop. I'm just old. <laughs> well, I'm not that old. I'm supposed to be like 40. Whatever. I, I need a mental break from Brian. This has got so much better than I expected. Okay, so back in the corrupted version of the town square, Locke and Jetta, you guys have just seen the silhouettes. You have uh, recovered from Tasha's hideous laughter. But you guys are standing there with a host of new information about what strange magics are at play. What do the two of you do? Can I touch the silhouette? You reach your hand up to one of the two silhouettes floating next to the Fenwick crystal, and your hand passes through it. It feels a little tingly, almost just like a sea mist, but barely tangible. What are the shapes of the silhouettes like? Do we recognize them? The silhouette seems to be just shape of the crystal itself. Any further detail is indiscernible. It is so fuzzy and vague. Can I pick up the dead body and put it in one of the silhouettes? Yeah, you can. You can do that. Do you want to put another body in a crystal? <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't know. I'm, I'm completely lost here. I'm trying anything. You tell me what you're going to do here, and I will describe what happens. Yeah. Uh, what I'm trying to do is like maybe if I like put the body in the silhouette. It then turns into a crystal with a bot person, with the person in it. Locke, you are catching your breath after watching Jetta knock herself into a fit of laughter. And before you can even really stand up straight, she is already dragging this hazy body towards the fading silhouette of crystal in the air. The the, the image is, is slowly disappearing and she's hustling to get this indistinguishable body into it. I'd also like to point out, I don't think Locke has described to Jetta what he was doing right before they showed up here, or vice versa. Wait, Jetta, what are you, what are you doing? Uh, listen, I'm completely clueless on what's going on. I'm going to try anything. I was thinking maybe if I put the body in the silhouette, maybe it'll turn into a crystal with the person in it. I, I, don't, I don't know. Okay, but that still leaves one more silhouette, and we don't have another body, and I don't want to go kill somebody. So maybe instead of us trying to put more people in crystals, there maybe there are other crystals already made that we might have to go find? Okay. I don't yeah. know. I also like we we also don't know where the the others are. I don't I don't know. Well, I mean, I I was with Maeve earlier, then I ended and up And then what what happened? Then I tried to use the crystal and I ended up somewhere else. Then I ended up here. So should we just like keep trying to use the crystals until we jump into the right reality? I guess. Now, this is not to be metagamey because obviously Colt and Maeve have figured some stuff out that you guys haven't. But Locke, you did see the large crystal react differently to different levels of power expenditure. If you want to like roll insight on that or role play whether or not Locke would draw anything from that, I just want to make that is something you have definitely experienced. So b before I made it to to where you are, I was in a place with with a, a really big crystal, and I, I tried using a normal amount of power to to activate it, but it, it didn't work. Like when I use the one in my hand, I can just use a cantrip and it's fine. When I tried to use this one, it didn't activate until I used a, a more powerful spell. So maybe maybe we can try different levels of, of magic and maybe that's that's the key here so I don't know what spell levels you have but I can go up to two I can go up to spell level two as well I used two to get to this reality 
So maybe maybe we try a first level spell? I, that's what I just did with Dasha's hideous laughter. It uh Right, but you did it on the big boy Oh with crystal. The big boy, right. Okay. I'm so. saying we use it on our little boy crystals. And then maybe oh. we we meet up with Cult and Maeve in that. I don't know, man. I'm kind of lost here. Yeah, let's let's try it. All right, let's let's do this at the same time. Hopefully, we'll end up in the same place. Okay. Okay. Ready? I got a spell. I'll do Tasha's hideous laughter into my crystal again. A magic missile in mine. <laughs> Locke readies his slapping hand and Jetta braces for impact. The only ones I have are Hex, Absorb <laughs> Elements, Magic Missile, and Shield. And Magic Missile is the only one I can use, okay? Okay, okay. Three, two, one. So you guys experience being thrust through the tunnel of space-time or whatever construct holds this reality together and that orb of different realities that you pass through is where you end up. It is very surprising. This is the first time it's happened to you, but you are standing in a void on a solid, invisible floor surrounded by uh, three different vistas. You are in the town square looking out on one third of the orb is rainy, one third is sunset, and one third is the middle of the night. Hmm. Well, I came from the sunset one and I was alone. Uh, I came from the, I came from the rainy one. That's where Maeve was last time. Let's let's try the the rainy one. All right, let's let's go in the rainy one. <laughs> you guys st uh, walk up to the edge of the sphere and cross the threshold into the town square, full of rain, as everyone scampers to make it out from under the dark clouds above. The church is the nearest building as you guys uh, figure out a way to get out of the wet. We cut back to Maeve sitting with her face in her palms on a rock as Colt and Lori introduce themselves to each other for maybe the fourth time. <laughs> well, Maeve, don't be rude. Introduce yourself to Lori. <laughs> you know, Colt, do, do you have any money? I think I'll go get that candy now. Or maybe some bread. Oh, uh... uh the, the bread man, oh, I have to go pick up my order in just a moment. And every time she's come back, she does not have a loaf of bread in her hands. It keeps happening. <laughs> Why don't we go with you to get this bread? Oh, that's, a, that's an outstanding idea, Maeve. Have you met Maeve, Lori? <laughs> Lori gestures for you guys to follow and says, it is lovely that you've shown up. Uh, Byron could use something to do since the temple's been closed. He hasn't had a whole lot in the way of extracurriculars. We are keeping him away from barrels after all, but I guess without a... Yes, he's a wet boy. Without, uh, without mage lords or without uh, uh, natives to interact with, we're kind of just stuck with the temple. And, well, we're waiting for Yanis to come back. And you hear uh, at the front of the line, bread, 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 as the vendor begins to hand out bread to different people. So if you guys are staying around, I mean, who knows when she'll be back. You could you could certainly keep him company. Oh, that sounds like a great idea. What do you think, Maeve? What? What do you mean the temple is closed? I'd say, what, is it about a week ago? Ooh, lines move. Come on, scoot up, scoot up, scoot up. Wait, wait, what happened? What happened? We, she closed the temple. She said that she would be back in a couple of days, and, she, well, she wasn't. We're waiting. You know how it is on the seas. There's sharks in the water. Cornell is always completing trades at the dock. The natives are sailing in and out. Call, we're leaving. Okay, bye. I'd like to grab Call and just, like, walk away with him. Oh, this seems abrupt. I'll save you some bread. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you. And Maeve drags you away. Oh, Maeve, that was quite rude to Lori. Have you met her before? <laughs> oh, <laughs> god damn it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> 
I just want to be clear. I'm having fun. Yeah. So. <laughs> I just like how Matt's like, I need a mental break from this, and we give him the break, and it's just straight back to the bullshit. <laughs> okay. Uh, Call. We need to go to the temple to see what's going on there. Okay, that sounds like fun. You do exactly that. Locke and Jetta. It's it's rainy. The temple is nearby, as are, you know, stables, other uh, other buildings. Uh, Jetta, you have been to this temple before. Uh, what do each of you do? Go into the temple, see that Maeve is not there. First, I go to where Yanis was. Okay, uh, we don't have time to explain. Just oh my, oh my god, who are the two the, of you? The, 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 uh, you uh, come, come you, with us. You, uh, wait, you are uh, in danger. Who's... I don't know what you're in danger from, but you are in what danger. What is happening? You, you've been here before. Janice is pointing at you, Locke, whom you've only interacted with very cursorily. What are you doing back on this island? Are you threatening me? What have you come back here for? What? I... G g pick, pick her up, Locke. Do not pick me up. Leave me planted okay. on the- ah! is swept off her feet and over Locke's burly shoulders. Yeah, Locke's on the brute squad, evidently. <laughs> yeah, you've been given uh, no instruction beyond this, so she's just like punching into your back. It doesn't hurt at all. She's old and frail. No, you got, need to put me down. This town is depending on me, please. You know, I didn't really think this forward. What if we like use the crystal again? I don't know. Maybe we can bring Yanis. Maybe she can explain something if she saw what was going on. What do you need me? Like saw what we saw. What are you, what are you talking about? What are your questions? Why are you here? <laughs> Leave me alone, put me down. I guess it's worth a shot. All right, let's do no, this. No, 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 don't shoot. Don't take shots. Don't do things. What's happening? I can answer questions. Right. I'm very I'm very studied in this, Three, in this town. Two, please, I have value. One. No, no, Spell please, cast. Thrust once again into the void, and Yanis is left behind and cannot be brought with you. Stare at the three different realities once again. The rain, the sunset, and the night. Dang it. Want to go back to the rain one, or do you want to like try to find them we in just the came other one? From the rain one. Yeah, yeah, I know. But like, we, I, I wanted to ask her questions, but like, you guys are both familiar with the idea that in these timelines, people are not retaining their memories. So you would both understand that going again would be a bit of a mulligan. I mean, we could also just try to find. We could also just try to find Maven, Cult, and the other. Pat asking. Fenwick and Crystal was nighttime? You could piece that together after talking to Jetta because Jetta was, even though you were in the cave, Jetta was staring at the midnight sky when you were both taken back to the corrupted town after you cast the spell into the fountain. So I think you could put that together, yes. Uh, I guess if we didn't find them in the nighttime and if they weren't there in the rain one, Maybe they went to the sunset timeline after I had already left. So I guess we could try that one. All right, all right, let's try sunset timeline. Let's go. You guys walk through the sunset vista and step into a version of the town that Locke is all too familiar to you and Jetta is new to you. It is bustling and loud as, as people walk by the shuttered temple and make their way back to their homes, their businesses, and above everything else, all you can hear from right up the street is, I'll save you a piece of bread. Do we see Colt and Maeve? You see the messy hair of Colt being dragged above the crowd, uh, not leaning head forward, but sort of like bobbing backwards. It's pretty easy to recognize him from across the square. Oh, for once I'm happy to see that ugly mug. Maeve, Colt, oh thank God. Um, okay, hi, it's good to see you all. Um, we're going back to the temple. Let's go. Temple? Uh, sure. 
Wait, Maeve, uh, you haven't met Lori yet, have you? We should probably go say hi. So everybody, as you guys start poking around the, the walls of the shuttered temple, uh, they're not like boarded up or anything, but the doors are all locked. The windows are all shut. There are drapes in the way, but Locke explains uh, how he found the crystalloid fountain after it was empty. Jetta being sucked out of the existence of the Midnights, their experiences with Yanis, and then Colt and Maeve. You maybe have different ways of explaining your interactions with Lori. I imagine you have different feelings on that, but everyone knows everything. <laughs> everything seems fine with Lori. She seemed perfectly fine. And all of you are now just uh, looking at the temple, and it's it. There is no way in. I lock pick the doors. Uh, yeah. Okay. Whatever. Let's do this. Maeve, as Jetta starts to pick the lock, you stand in front of the the scrawlings in the rock that Cult put down in hopes of not drawing any further attention. And uh, Jetta, you managed to pick the lock to the temple door, and Lori was right. This place has been empty for days. Dust has begun to settle on every surface, completely undisturbed. Uh, at least the three of you know that Yanis' study is sort of like back behind the pulpit area through a door, but all the pews are empty and nobody has been here in a week, maybe two. Uh, can I look in Yanis' study? Absolutely. You can make your way across the hall. You open the door and you saw some scrawlings of hers before, but this is kind of on another level. She was explaining that she was trying to figure out the nature of communion with Lema, but there's like a straight up conspiracy board on the wall here. And whatever studies that she had experienced in uh, the rainy timeline in this one, everything is almost magnified. Her studies have gone deeper and it is pretty obvious that her being absent definitely had something to do with this. Oh boy. Uh, hey guys, I'm gonna need your help to decipher all this. You do that. As you all walk in, uh, I mean, Jetta, Maven, Colt, you heard some of the rantings before how she was talking about, like, you know, Bait got to talk to Lema, no one else did. I've been studying this for ages. And you see drawings that are reminiscent of the fountain with Strauss, a lot of notes about like, why him, why them, why not me? Ancient texts, and if you rifle through the papers, you can see like she is trying to turn communion with Lema into a science and it all centers around the fountains. Okay, I think, uh, I know magic expert, but <laughs> the constant is this fountain. Maybe we could do something with the fountain? And I mean, everybody knows that Locke found a fountain covered in crystals. And, uh, and even though no one else has seen that, that certainly had an effect by ejecting you back to the corrupted town. Has anybody visited those crystals in this particular timeline? When I came to the fountain in this timeline, there was nothing in the fountain. It was dry. But then when I went back into the midnight time, that's when there were a whole bunch of crystals all in the fountain together. Rainy timeline is where we haven't seen the fountain, right? You've seen the fountain here in the temple in the rainy timeline. Nobody has seen the cave Strauss fountain in the rainy timeline. I guess it's worth a shot. Let's do this. But first, can we can we take can we like uh take a take a rest here? I've I've kind of been going through spell slots using this thing a lot. Maeve, they're all rifling through the papers and coming up with a plan. 
What would you be doing while they're talking about all this? You being the one that led everyone here in the first place, investigating what Lori suggested. I guess just all just rifling through the notes and the desk and stuff, maybe tr- looking and see what her uh, her musings say. You know, this this is a new island for me. <laughs> I'd like you to roll an investigation check. Uh, that is a, another fourteen. You are sort of following the papers on the wall that uh, that have been posted up and strung together and leading to the the door into the garden, which is you know slightly ajar as everything else is in a manic state. But you're seeing drawings of the fountains uh, next to each other, and there are multiple illustrations, some of a single fountain, some of three, some of like a diagram, like an exploded view with lines connecting all of them. And the papers uh, do litter the floor underneath as well, leading into the garden room. Um, But you see three fountains, you see diagrams of them, and you see a trail leading into the garden. Let's go into the garden. As everybody else is talking about returning to find the Strauss Fountain in the last unexplored timeline, you are greeted by a very surprising sight because this is not what you saw before. In the rainy version of this town, this was the driest thing in the village. The only thing untouched by the rain was this fountain, empty and gray. But you are brought to beckon everybody else over because this fountain is completely covered in glowing crystals. Massive, thrumming, pink, and filling the room with light. As you open the door, that pink light spills into Yanis's study. Ha! Huh, how'd that get in there? For me. As you open the door, that pink light spills into Yanis's study. Um, if you have any any final line, this is where we're going to end it. Is with this discovery. If you don't, that's fine. <laughs> Wait, I got okay. it. I got okay. it. Huh? How'd that get in there? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. All right. That's good. That's good. All right. Thanks, Fantastic. <clears throat> All right. Stop, and I'm going to render. Ugh.